Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love. Love at first listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people... It gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. KFI AM640, you're listening to the John Cobell Podcast on the iHeartRadio app. You got some time uh, later? Uh, go to uh, Facebook or YouTube and uh, search for uh, Deborah Cobell Live. My wife has a video podcast, and she interviewed me about the history of the John and Ken show. Uh, it's an hour long, and we covered uh, a lot. Uh, maybe some stuff you've uh, never heard before. Um, maybe everything you've never heard before. Anyway, it's on Deborah Cobelt Live. It's on YouTube. It's on uh, Facebook and actually all audio and video platforms. Uh, and uh, give it a listen. I, I think you'll enjoy it. Uh, we're going to start with Blake Trolley from KFI News. Uh, we, we talked about this briefly when, when the story broke earlier this week. And now we've got a lot more detail. Uh, Gavin Newsom is pushing legislation to create new classes of crime to go after what he says are professional retail thieves and people who break into cars and give the police more power to make arrests and um, to try to uh, break down these uh, criminal gangs uh, that are engaging in organized crime and doing all these smash and grab robberies. Not touching Prop 47, though. 
And so the what we, we have to figure out whether this is just rhetoric, uh, misdirection, or this actually is uh, got real teeth to it that's going to change the way life is in California. Blake, how are you? Good, John. And yeah, to answer your question, I think what we're going to have to wait for to see how much teeth are in his proposals or when these are actually made into bills. What Newsom's done as he's released a framework for what he wants among his requests are increased punishments for people stealing items to resell, allowing police to make retail theft arrests for crimes they did not witness. Remember, officers can't arrest on misdemeanors unless they see the crime. This is why we see resources tied up with these sting operations and some of these retailers. Newsom proposing allowing theft amounts from different crimes from the same person to be tallied up for grand theft charges. He also wants harsher punishment for large-scale resellers, which we've seen play out now, John. You and I have been on the air talking about these pop-up shops that they busted in L.A. There was one in Whittier that are just selling stolen goods as if they're a legitimate store. Uh, Newsom's proposals are being applauded by the California Retailers Association. The California State Sheriff's Association president uh, says he supports it. The San Francisco DA uh, is saying uh, they support this. Uh, Notably missing from his plan, which I heard you talk about, is the fact that he's not taking aim at Prop 47. Uh, I was also, to be honest with you, John, a little surprised that he's calling on the legislature to make these changes. Just a week ago, I was in front of Newsom and had a chance to ask him about uh, retail crime. I know the Assembly Committee on Retail Theft recently had its first meeting as you also announced a big uptick in retail theft arrests by the CHP. Uh, What do you hope to see out of that committee? Well, I'll leave that to the legislature. I just know what we're seeing. We're seeing real progress in this space. Two and a half years ago, we launched a new retail theft task force. We put hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars in vertical prosecution grants. We have probably over a thousand new CHP officers. In fact, we have a new academy class closing, I think, just this week. Another hundred folks that will be coming out. Uh, we've taken this very seriously. We've been very proactive, not just here in Southern California, but throughout the state of California. And you see from those numbers, those arrests are up. Uh, and the uh, prosecutions, we're starting to see uh, more and more prosecutions, not just arrests. We want to see real accountability. We take it very, very seriously. And I'm very grateful to the legislature for two years being on top of this, not just on top of a hearing a few weeks ago. Oh, yeah. Okay. So the, uh, what? Uh, well, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Ben. Well, I'm just I was really confused that he, he told, you know, he's calling on the legislature now to create all these laws. The first thing he said to me was, well, I'll leave that to the legislature. When I asked him about the specific committee looking at eyeing changes as it pertains to retail theft. So just in the nature of that, uh, it somewhat surprises me. Uh, I know there are some concerns with this legislature not getting uh, any of this done or at least working out a snail's pace. Or well, they don't want to some of this. No, they don't want to have anybody put in prison for any reason. That's overwhelmingly the bent of the Democrats that end up on the these public safety committees. It, it's it's to close it's to close the doors on the prison so nobody gets in. And yeah, I want to go right. Well, I want to go right here, John, to Assemblyman Tom Lackey. That's his concern is that Newsom is pushing this to the legislature and not to the voters. Yeah, he's relying on a legislature that's already proven. Look how much trouble we had uh, adopting something as reasonable as raising the the uh, the level of accountability for trafficking children. That was that was a battle. How, how in the world is that a battle, right? I mean, we, we have a legislature that does not understand uh, the importance of accountability. And so him punning to this legislature is rough. So we'll, we'll see. 
Yeah, you know what's frustrating is uh, I, I know he's a guy who's on the right side of this, but when you use terms like they don't understand the importance of accountability, you got to speak more plainly. They don't want to put bad guys in prison. They don't want to do that. They have an ideological belief system that is completely at odds with any normal person. Uh, most of us, if a, if a guy is compulsively stealing, you, you've got to put him away. And what bothers me about Newsom and the Prop 47 situation is how do you say you're going to be increasing penalties and get tougher when you can still steal $950 a day and it's only a misdemeanor and misdemeanors are barely prosecuted these days and there's no prison time for that yeah john i spoke with law enforcement sources today because that was notably the biggest part that i thought was missing from his package there was there was nothing in that language about lowering that threshold back to 400 bucks uh, as it pertains to a felony and what one law enforcement source told me today is without that there's really no teeth to go after individual thieves 950 bucks is quite a bit for one person to uh, make their right. way off with. And, and then they could do it again the next day and the next day and the next day. So I, I don't understand. He's, 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 he's trying to say that they, they want to go after the repeat criminals. Well, but, one but other, if, uh, if you time your thefts right and you, you, you pay attention to how much you're stealing at any given point, you can get away with an enormous amount of crime and none of it reaches felony status. Yeah, a couple things here, John, uh, as it pertains to prison time. I spoke with Assemblyman Bill Asaley today, who was a prosecutor, and he says he wants to see an increase in state prison capacity to go with these laws. He's not convinced these criminals will stay in custody if they're sent to uh, overcrowded county jails. And Asaley says a lot of these criminals now know they're not going to serve time, so these sentences, even if they increase the, the, the sentences, a lot of criminals still operate uh, a, a different way. Now, there is an effort out of the Inland Empire right now. Assemblyman James Ramos put out a bill uh, essentially saying if you're caught uh, committing retail theft and you have at least two prior convictions, you will be facing up to three years in jail. But again, it goes back to that... Uh, <laughs> what we just heard from Asaley there, the capacity issues. One, one more question before we go, and I don't know if you have an answer to this. What, what I was listening very closely, because with Newsom, he's like Bill Clinton. You have to listen to every single word because there are a lot of weasel words in there. He several times mentioned arrests. What about convictions and how much jail time they got? Because arrests don't mean anything if it's not followed through, especially in George Gascon land here in L.A. County, where he's got 14,000 cases not prosecuted. They were all arrested. No prosecutions, let alone convictions and, and, and prison time. And, and is anybody? Well, he did mention that process. Well, he mentioned that prosecutions are up, but obviously this is not a perfect system when he's rolling out this kind of legislative well, exactly. proposal. So the prosecutions, did they lead? How many people actually went to prison and how long did they go? And I, there's nobody's volunteering any information on that. And it makes me not trust all of it because all that matters is a bad guy getting put away. At the end of it is like, OK, is he locked up for a while to at least keep him off the streets so he doesn't commit any more crimes during that time? And also maybe he stops what he's doing because he doesn't like going to prison. I mean, that's the only two consequences there. So, you know, that's it just that's what I'm you know, we're going to be looking for as time goes on this year. And as these bills go through the legislature, does it lead to people getting locked up in prison? Because if it doesn't, then this is all a waste of time. All right, Blake. Thanks very much. All right. Thanks, John. All right. Blake Trolley. Good work. KFI News. We got a bill of Saley on, too.
later this week to talk, to talk about this as well. Because I am extremely skeptical when Gavin Newsom, who is still running for president, don't, uh, don't ever get that out of your head. And so he wants to be on the right side of certain issues. And he'll talk at length in, with all kinds of gobbledygook. What was that phrase he uncorked there? Vertical prosecutions? What is that? I've never heard that term. That's not a term. Vertical prosecutions. Anybody ever hear of that? So when he when he starts, you know, filibustering with with fake law enforcement terms, then I I think okay, he's he's playing his his misdirection game again. All right, uh, we're gonna continue. We got a thousand dollars to give away in moments, and wait till you hear what's going on in New York City with thousands of illegal aliens. Guess what happened when a storm hit? That's coming up next on the John Cobelt Show, KFI AM six forty. You're listening to John Cobelt on demand from KFI AM six forty. John Cobelt Show, uh, live on the iHeartRadio app, and all right, this is what's going on in New York. Boy, this is so nuts! I can't believe this story just gets worse and worse, stupider and stupider. You know, Joe Biden has let in several million people, and for many of them, there's nowhere to go. There's nowhere to live. We're talking about coming across the Mexican border from 160-plus countries. One of the stupidest, most destructive policies any president has ever had. It, whether he's conscious of it or not, who knows? But it's happening. So it's gotten so bad in New York City where they've gotten well over 100,000 piling in, that there's no place to put them. So the city spends local tax money on a tent shelter. Nearly 2,000 people are living in a tent shelter at Floyd Bennett Field. And um, they were there, there's a huge storm that's blown up the East Coast. In the last couple of days, a torrential rain, very powerful winds, 70 mile an hour winds. They're getting several inches of rain. It's, it's one of those big ones. And they didn't think the tent could handle it. Now, get this. They were so afraid. This is, this is the idiot uh, Adams administration. They were so afraid that the tent would collapse that they took all the illegal aliens out of the tent and sent them into the second floor gym at James Madison High School, five miles away. And that's where they are. And now all the students at James Madison High School can't go to school. They're told to stay home and do, get this, remote learning. Remote learning. The biggest failure in the history of the educational system destroyed kids' lives during that stupid lockdown. And now they brought it back so that the illegal aliens could take over the entire high school. Nobody said it better than a local resident named Rob. This is effed up. It's a litmus test. They're using a storm, a legitimate situation, where they're testing this out. I guarantee you they'll be here for the entire summer. 
There's 1,900 people getting thrown into my neighborhood, half a block from where I live, and we don't know who they are. They're not vetted. A lot of them have criminal records and backgrounds, and we don't even know. And, yeah, break it down. You got nearly 2,000 people. A lot of them are young men. We don't know about their criminal records. We don't know about their terrorist ties. None of them are checked out. None of them have anywhere to go. Oh, gee, young men with free time and no money. What, do you, what, what could happen? What possibly could go wrong here? They've got no right to be here. New York City, I'm glad New York City has to deal with this in that Texas was getting pummeled with literally millions and all the idiot progressives in New York City and in Brooklyn go, well, we think it's the compassionate thing to do. You know, America really should have open arms to all the migrants. So, yeah, right. Okay. Your house. Coming over to your house now. Oh, no, no, we can't have them here. Remember they, uh, they got uh, thrown out of Martha's Vineyard? Well, it's the same thing in New York City. They got, they're, they're thrown out into the street. Then New York builds a tent, and here comes the rain to blow the tent away, and now what? Oh, they go into your kid's school. They get to stay in your school, and your kid can't go. What, you have to go to work? No, you don't go to work. you got to stay home with your kid. Good, yeah, remote learning. I'm sure that went well today. I am, I mean, they never hit the limit, limit of stupid. Isn't there a limit to stupid? among uh, elected officials and, and government bureaucrats. It's like a bottomless pit. But, you know, New Yorkers, they elected Eric Adams. He said, hey, sanctuary city. Well, there you go. There's your sanctuary city. Sanctuary city means your kid doesn't get to go to school. But we got uh, young guys from 150 countries, and uh, they get to go to your kid's school because we don't want them to get wet. They might catch cold. All right, more coming up on the uh, John Cobelt Show. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it would have been Ooh, a, been the podcast would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time... 
with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to Stan the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. You're listening to John Cobalt on demand from KFI AM 640. On the radio from one until four and then after four o'clock, uh, John Cobelt show on demand on the iHeart app. Uh, other things you ought to know, uh, Moist Line number, 877-MOIST-86, 877-MOIST-86 for Friday. Whatever is uh, making you crazy about the world, you can vent. Uh, also, 877-664-7886. And uh, my wife, uh, Deborah, uh, did an interview with me. She has her own video podcast that's been running for years um online so uh go to the uh we go to youtube you go to facebook and any other video or audio platform but uh those are two stops i know you'll find it and it's an hour-long interview with me on the history of the john and ken show we did it this morning at about 10 o'clock and it's going to be up there forever so you should uh, you should watch it uh that's uh deborah cobalt live is the name of the show and uh it's a video podcast on youtube on facebook among other places and uh i think i think you'll enjoy it um, oh, we, you know, uh, we, we, we've dealt with, I, I've got, I've got, I've got Anthony Fauci testimony to get into. That's why I'm bringing this up, but we, we've gotten hit by, uh, more infection in the last week here on the, uh, on the show because, uh, producer Ray Lopez, who has had at least three rounds of COVID and he said maybe four, but one time he didn't bother to get tested. Uh, he's also had several rounds of the flu in recent years. Uh, so he's been out of work all week. In fact, uh, Monday and Tuesday, he was completely. Uh, he said he was dying. Well, yeah, I was looking at the text that he sent uh, over the last few days. Uh, Monday at 1125 a.m., I'm dying. Tuesday at 944 a.m., I'm dying. And then at 2.10, I'm effing dying. I was going to say, he texted me on the side at one point saying, I'm completely effed. <laughs> Some of his other comments, COVID was easy. The flu is the absolute worst. The flu is the absolute worst. Uh, today was uh, milder. Uh, he says, uh, I'm still screwed, but feeling a little better. Oh, I can't read the next one. 
<laughs> starts getting into his symptoms. <laughs> yeah. Why did he send those? Of course. You're very helpful. You wrote to him. Did we put you in the ghoul pool? <laughs> well, he said he was dying. <laughs> well, you asked him if he wanted to come in and get the exit bag. Well, we were going to deliver the exit bag. Oh, that's to his right. House. We're going to deliver. That's right. We didn't want yeah. the germs in yeah, here. Yeah, no way right. he's coming here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we don't want that. And if you remember during the, the height of the flu, the government was, or the height of COVID, government was issuing all kinds of really annoying orders and nothing was worse than, than you know, the lockdowns and, and the public distancing. Remember the six foot uh. public distancing rule? I still see those de decals on the floor of some drug stores and grocery stores. And every time I see them, I, I, I just get angry looking at them. Well, Anthony Fauci today testified before a House select subcommittee on the coronavirus pandemic. They're trying to uh, do an autopsy on the pandemic response of the federal government. Fauci's now 83 years old, and I, I guess he's decided, okay, I'll tell the truth now, because I'm, I'm, I got one foot in the grave. He, and these are exact quotes. He told the committee that the six feet apart recommendation, which he publicly campaigned for, excuse me, uh, was likely not based on scientific data. Got that? Six feet apart, likely not based on scientific data. And that was crucial because that was one of the reasons they could never open the schools. There was no practical way to keep everybody six feet apart. And um, according to the I want to get this guy's name right. The chairman of the committee is Brad Wenstrup. He's a Republican from Ohio, and he's also a physician. And he, he said that um, after two days of testimony and 14 hours of questioning, many things became evident. During the interview today, Dr. Fauci claimed that the policies and mandates he promoted may unfortunately increase vaccine hesitancy for years to come. It's clear that dissenting opinions were often not considered or suppressed completely. Yeah, we found that out. Should a future pandemic arise, America's response must be guided by scientific fa facts and conclusive data. Apparently, Fauci claimed he couldn't remember a lot of the information from the COVID-19 era. He just kept saying, I don't recall, I don't recall. And Winstrup, uh, and then another uh, Republican, Michael Cloud, was really upset. He goes, they washed their hands of any sort of responsibility, saying, oh, those decisions were made by school districts. But the school districts were following the guidance of the federal government, specifically Fauci and the CDC. See, this is the game they play. Fauci goes, well, I didn't close the schools. Well, the school districts decided it was their policies. Well, it was the federal government, and Fauci was the leading cheerleader. He was telling everybody, lockdown, six feet apart. And now he's saying, well, no, we didn't really have any scientific evidence for that. And it was the teachers' union, because the teachers, and I'm talking about the teachers, not just the union, the teachers themselves decided, wow, we could get a year and a half off with pay. So, yeah, yeah, six feet apart, that sounds right, sure. 
Masks? Yeah, sure. Masks, six feet apart. No, in fact, forget the masks. Stay home. We'll stay home, too. We'll stay in our pajamas and fuzzy slippers and our robes. So he's been getting grilled for uh, two days. And the Republicans on the committee are bringing up all his public statements that he hopes everybody forgets. Because in 2021, Fauci said it's been proven that when you make it difficult for people in their lives, they lose their ideological bull bleep and they get vaccinated. There was a lot of ideological bull bleep on the side of the people insisting on masks and vaccines that everything be mandated. And now they're saying, oh, did, did you have any evidence that masks works? Uh, that masks work? Uh, no. Have any evidence that you're supposed to be six feet apart? Uh, no. Dr. Uh, Ashish Jha, the dean of the Brown University School of Public Health, uh, and, it, and he was uh, Biden's COVID response coordinator for 15 months, had said a couple of years ago, it never struck me that six feet was particularly sensical in the context of mitigation. I wish the CDC would come out and say this is not a major issue. So that's, remember how crazy people were? Everybody was nervous and uptight over, you sit, sit at a table, you got to be six feet apart, you're sitting on a park bench. You know, you remember walking on the beach, you're supposed to say six feet apart, even though the wind is blowing at 25 miles an hour. Boy, was that insanity. And the only reason I bring this up again is now, now it's coming out that this was all cra the crazy land. We had another guy who uh, was one of the directors of uh, the NIH, come out the other day and said, you know what, we didn't, we were, we were just focusing on trying to keep people from catching the virus. We didn't consider all the damage being done to the kids in the schools. We didn't consider the damage being done to the economy. We didn't consider the damage being done to people's uh, psyches, being locked uh, up for, uh, for two and a half, three years. Because the politicians were supposed to take in take the input from the epidemiologists and mix it with all the other realities of what was going on like the economy the need for skilled children to have human contact to have regular in person teaching so it turns out we were all locked up wearing masks staying 6 feet apart and there really wasn't any good scientific reason for it Apparently, places that didn't have those kind of strict rules didn't end up with any different COVID situation. Again, most of the deaths and severe illnesses were elderly people and people who were already sick and their immune systems were compromised. And Ray, apparently. Well, we know how he goes about his life, so. Yeah, I, he must have done some, some terrible damage. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. How do, you, how do you destroy your own immune system? Ask Ray. I, I, he he he's an expert at it. <laughs> Worst immune system of any middle-aged adult I know. But I'll say I I have had the flu one time. Yeah. In my life, and it was horrendous. It was worse than when I had COVID. I have to say the flu was nasty. Did Ray get a flu shot? I asked him that, and he he conveniently ignored. What do you my think? Test. You think I was going to say? What do you think? No, I know. I, Why did I thought you it was so the funny. Question? I asked him the question because I was curious because. I mean, it's it's not a guarantee you're not going to get the flu if you get a flu vaccine, right? We know that. No, it's not. Those things are 30% effective yeah, but, some years. Right, but I'd still rather, you know, yeah. get one just in case. 
but I don't think case. I don't think. That's, hey, look, the flu was awful. I don't want to get that. That's a phrase only mothers use. <laughs> mothers only use the phrase just in case. Uh, more coming up. You're listening to John Cobalt on demand from KFI AM 640. Coming up after uh, Deborah's two o'clock news, we're going to have Lou Shapiro, an attorney. And he's going to try to explain what the chaos and all the circus behavior was in Washington, D.C. today. Hunter Biden, as you know, was subpoenaed to testify uh, to explain things to a congressional committee. And uh, he won't do that. And so they want to charge him with contempt of Congress. He suddenly showed up at the beginning of a meeting of the House Committee on Oversight. Just to sit and watch. This is the committee that wants his testimony. Now, he's supposed to be in Los Angeles for an arraignment on tax charges tomorrow. Uh, but he was in Washington today, and he was there for a while, and then he got up and left. He, he created this drama. And the members of the committee started yelling at him. Um, and uh, we, we're going to talk to Lou Shapiro right at 2 o'clock, but I thought I'd play a couple of clips so you, you get a sense of what this craziness was about. This is a congresswoman, Nancy Mace, who's on the committee from South Carolina. And, and she starts yelling about Hunter Biden's balls. Thank you, Mr. Chairman, uh, Chairman Comer. Um, first of all, my first question is who bribed Hunter Biden to be here today? That's my first question. Um, second question, you are the epitome of white privilege coming into the oversight committee, spitting in our face, ignoring a congressional subpoena to be deposed. What are you afraid of? You have no balls to come up here and... Mr. Chairman, point of inquiry. Mr. Chairman, um... If the, the lady recognizes... If the gentle lady wants to hear from Hunter Biden, we can hear from him right now, Mr. Chairman. Let's take a vote and hear from I'm Hunter speaking. Biden. What are, are you afraid of? To speak hold on, afraid hold on, hold on. Order, order, order. This is Congress. The gentle lady. I don't know if you're a gentle lady if you're yelling about somebody's balls. I don't know if you're that gentle. Uh, and then we have Marjorie Taylor Greene. And this is when Biden ups and leaves the room. Play this clip. Gentlemen, time's expired. Chair, recognize Ms. Green from Georgia for five minutes. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Uh, excuse me, Hunter. Apparently, you're afraid of my words. Uh, here <laughs> oh, I'd like to reclaim my time, Mr. Chairman. Wow, that's too bad. <laughs> I think it's clear and obvious for everyone watching this hearing today that Hunter Biden is terrified of strong conservative Republican women because he can't even face my words as I was about to speak to him. What a coward. That's uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene. So that was uh, that was Congress this morning. Uh, they want uh, Biden to answer for all his uh, his tax charge issues and and everything else, because, you know, they're they're doing an impeachment inquiry on Joe Biden and all his business dealings with China, Ukraine, all the millions of dollars that came in that was funneled into various accounts and various LLCs. Um, it's really quite a maze. I guess a lot of people have tuned this out. It's hard to keep track of. But uh, there was millions of dollars floating around amongst the Biden family members uh, with uh, Hunter apparently selling access to Joe Biden. 
Um, and, and, you know, he's definitely in danger of going to prison on the tax charges. Um, and he's, uh, he's, he's going to be out here in L.A. for an arraignment tomorrow. And uh, he shows up out of the blue in front of this committee. He does not want to testify in private. He wants to do it in public. And they said, no, we're going to set the rules. So Lou Shapiro, the attorney, is going to come on and explain uh, what this is all about. Uh, that's coming up next. Deborah Mark is uh, live in the KFI 24-hour newsroom. Hey, you've been listening to the John Cobalt Show podcast. You can always hear the show live on KFI AM640 from 1 to 4 p.m. every Monday through Friday. And, of course, anytime on demand on the iHeartRadio app. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct, but most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.